Welcome to episode 19 of the Passionate Purpose Podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward From 50 and your host for today's show. Today I'm interviewing a man I've known personally for more than 16 years. I met Todd Kukan when I was working as a recruitment coordinator for a youth mentoring program back in Madison, Wisconsin. Todd worked across the hallway for a different agency, but we both lived in the same small town of Stoughton, Wisconsin. Like me, Todd is a dodo, or a dad of daughters only, although he and his wife raised four young women. In fact, his oldest was in the same grade as my youngest, and they both played on the same basketball team, for which Todd was their coach. All this to say that Todd and I have enjoyed a truly, mutually beneficial relationship with each other for many years. When I first met him, Todd was raising money for a large charity. Then his family moved north a few hours where he went to work for a school, but eventually became the executive director of the Portage County Business Council, where he forged a desire to develop leaders and help professionals improve their networking skills. After Todd turned 50, he began pursuing a new direction for his life that combined his natural speaking ability with his enthusiasm for mentoring younger professionals. He completed training and became certified by the John Maxwell team as a motivational speaker and leadership coach. Then he started his own company, providing training to a variety of businesses and other organizations, where he encourages employees to lead efforts toward meaningful engagement and building trust. Todd admits that he has been involved in some lousy work situations, as well as some really great companies. What made the difference was the amount of engagement taking place among the staff. Today, Todd is on a mission to help revolutionize company culture and leadership. He speaks at companies and works with organizations to improve interactions among people of all ages. He also helps individuals to achieve career and personal success by focusing on five core values of optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. Todd developed a five-step roadmap to help people shift their mindset toward better opportunities. That's something all of us over the age of 50 could benefit from doing. To tell us his story and how he's impacting the lives of others now that he's in his 60s, please welcome my good friend, coach, and motivational speaker, Todd Kukan, to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Todd. I appreciate your time. Now, we've known each other for a number of years. Do you want to talk about how we came to know each other and the kinds of things that we had done? We met, I don't even know how many years ago anymore, Greg, we're back in, in Stoughton, Wisconsin, and and our children were at the same school, so we met through that, we went to the same church, then we got involved with a, a business opportunity together, spent a lot of time traveling and learning, and also I was at United Way of Dan County, you were at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Across so, the hall, yeah. Yeah, right across the hall, so many different kind of connections that we had, so it was natural, it was easy, it was simple. And you have four daughters and I have three, and it's you who taught me the term dodo, dad of daughters only. I thought, I okay, I thought you had taught me that. But yeah, dads of daughters only. I use that once in a while and people smile. I also blame my daughters on the gray hair that people can't see, but we're both blessed with good kids. That's right. So what did you do before you turned 50? I did a number of jobs. I guess right out of college, I did a lot in basketball, the world of basketball coaching, and then doing some teaching in high schools. Then I got into the nonprofit world. We already mentioned the United Way of Dane County, several others as well. That's really been my mantra. 
and uh, worked a little bit in, in education, fundraising, did a lot of that. So those are some of my general work categories before I was 50. And that was, and your most recent job is a kind of in business, but you are working as a, what do you call it? Solopreneur? Yeah, solopreneur. Exactly. Yeah. About November of 2021, I decided to make that jump. I was in a really a good job. Actually, the best one of the best jobs I've had. At the, it's a Portage County Business Council, their chamber in economic development. And I looked at my calendar a year and a half ago, January, February of 2021. And I was seeing that my leadership stuff was starting to overtake my work stuff. And I was going to be running out of vacation time. So I had a conversation with the president and vice president of the board, had a great conversation, many conversations, and ended up deciding that I wanted to go where my passion was. So that's why I'm doing this full time now. And what is it that you're doing? I do. Pr primarily, I'm focusing on company culture and leadership. And I, as I tell people, I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. I really, I see what's going on in the workplace and I know it can be better. I've been involved in a lot of lousy situations as you and I both have, I've been involved in some great situations and I know it can be better. And just the lack of engagement that's taking place right now. And if businesses aren't shifting, they're gonna be in trouble. So I, that's what I focus on. And I do it through, I speak, I teach, I train and I coach primarily. The business culture certainly has changed a lot in the last three years. COVID just took it in an entirely different direction where everybody going home and working from home. And now they're trying to come back and there's some resistance among the employees. But what, in what ways are corporate, is the corporate culture changing in your opinion? I think we're losing that connection, quite honestly. And I think part of the, although we were shifting to a remote world before COVID, obviously it was accelerated tremendously. And I agree, now it's coming back. I think it'll settle higher than it was before. But I think we're really losing that that connectedness. Think about you and I get together for for lunch whenever you're back in Wisconsin, and just that connectedness, that beaming face, shaking hands, giving each other a hug, saying a little prayer when we eat, and just all those good things. You miss that when you're working remotely. So I think that's been a huge part of it. I understand the importance of it, and like for you and I, this is valuable to do this through a recording virtually. But I think companies need to think about that connected. That's really so important. Those relationships that people need to have so they know who they can trust, right? And who they can go to maybe get some support in the workplace. Is that type of connection more difficult as we are becoming a diverse workforce where we are utilizing people overseas on our teams? I think it's challenging in a lot of ways. I think one of the things I teach a lot about is how differences make us better. Some people are more willing to accept that than others. And sadly, we often base our judgments on people on the 10% that we see. I call it the kind of the iceberg effect, right? You can see that 10% of the iceberg, just like us. But when you look at human beings, look at people, 90% of who we are is what's below the surface or what's inside of us. So I talk a lot about that inside out element and how with 8 billion closing in on 8 billion different people in the world, we're all different. And let's help those differences make us better rather than trying to diversify us or separating us in any way. How did you come up with this opportunity? How did I come up with it? Yes. I, I was in my office back with the business council and uh, Tom Corcoran came in to my office and he was leading a group called the Heartland Leadership Institute. He said, Todd, we'd like to partner with the Chamber of Commerce. What can we do to help promote what we're doing? And they were about to do a, they're in the middle of doing a Live to Lead, a John Maxwell event where he brings in celebrities from around the country and they do speaking on leadership. Matter of fact, there's one coming up October 7th. But he sat down and I said, Tom, how about you trade us six tickets for the event for a chamber membership? He said, yeah, that sounds good. So we helped him promote it. And then 
being the smart leader that I am, I grabbed up one of the tickets, gave the other five away. So I went to this Maxwell Live to Lead event. And John, you've been to his events. You've done a lot of reading and studying of him as well. And two things that really struck me. One was he was turning about 70 that year I went. And he said, I haven't accomplished everything I need to accomplish in my life. And the man has written dozens, dozens and dozens of books. of books. He's impacted tens of thousands of leaders, maybe even more. And I'm like, oh boy, I was turning, maybe just turning 60 then. So, and I'm like, well, I haven't done anything. And then he was talking about the work he was doing in a couple central or um, Caribbean countries, I believe, where he was, his leaders were going in to train other leaders. And he got really emotional about it. And not that pinch yourself under the arm pit kind of emotion, that crying, but sincere emotion. I thought this is, this is attracting me. So from there, it led to a number of other things, but that's what what tripped the trigger to really go down this leadership trail. You use most of Maxwell's materials in your presentations, don't you? I do a lot of Maxwell's materials. I continue to be a member of his organization. I brought in some other materials from Patrick Lanchoni, Simon Simon Sinek, Matthew Kelly, a number of those. But a lot of the things I use are from John. And it's, as you well know too, Greg, it's an incredible resource. Too much for even one person to even get through. It's amazing. Yeah, did this require a sizable financial investment on your part to begin this? This it, de- it depends on your definition of sizable. Now, I have a daughter who's getting married and doing a destination wedding. That's sizable. But there is a commitment, a substantial investment. But I think the value and the resources far outweigh what the cost is. And just like anything, right? We all know what to do, but what do we do with it? So you can make an investment and not do anything. You can make an investment and choose to do a lot. And I haven't done all I need to or can do, but I've done enough that I've been able to make this a part of my solopreneurship. Did you have to get additional training yourself? There's a, there's an annual renewal. There's no real like test. It's not like a lawyer who has to get so many CEU credits or anything, or it's just, it's basically following John and the membership. And there are so many ways to get engaged. There, there are weekly or daily calls. I think there's, I don't know, 20 some calls a week that you can jump on. Those calls are recorded and archived. Twice a year, he has a conference in Orlando. And you and I, of course, have been to those, all of his books. So it's really what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And there's and the resources just continually change and grow. And how did your family react to your decision to leave a good paying job to start a business on your own when you were over 60? My kids were like curiously excited. My wife, not so much. My wife's a little bit more nervous about it. But the way I thought about it was all four of our daughters have, one is still finishing up college. She's working on her master's. Her path is pretty well set. The other three all have good jobs and are in good points in their life. So it wasn't a risk from that standpoint. Certainly is from our standpoint. Obviously, as a solopreneur, you have to be concerned about insurance. My wife works part-time, but her that doesn't offer her insurance benefits. So those are some things you have to think about. And obviously, being a solopreneur, you have to work as you, Greg, you have to work when the work is there. You can't necessarily always choose it. Now, we always try to carve out time, of course, for fun and frolic, but it's really 24-7, 365. The other thing that was an interesting lesson for me was that when I was doing the training or the speaking, that's when I made money, right? But I wasn't marketing myself when I was doing that, per se. When I was not speaking, not making the money is when I was marketing myself. So it's a real kind of yin-yang between when you're promoting yourself, you're not making the money. When you're making the money, you're not promoting yourself. And and that's something I've, I've learned a lot about. And there are systems, of course, where you can market yourself. But 
that whole thing as a solopreneur has really been an interesting transition for me. Did you take any tests to identify your personality traits or natural skills that kind of encouraged you to go in this direction? I've taken throughout my career a number of different tests. Maxwell actually offers the DISC program. You can become a trainer and then a consultant. It's a two-step process. And then you can utilize the tool with others. But yes, I've taken that assessment myself, learned a lot about myself. And I tell you, it was it was scary, funny, good how accurate it was because I'm an I personality style. I'm enthusiastic, outgoing, optimistic, energetic, and that's fine. But when I want to get something done, sometimes that gets in the way of me getting something done. Where a C personality style, more compliant, more conscientious, they're going to get things done, but they're not as outgoing and want to interact with people as much. But fortunately, we all have all four of the different elements of DIS, the D-I-S and C in us. Mine just happens to be predominantly I with some S. And so I try to surround myself with people who have those other attributes, who are really driven. And actually, I get together twice, twice, or excuse me, once a week with two other gentlemen. And they're both a little more on the D side, the driven side. And we have accountability things we talk about and do. And that really helps me along the way. So trying to surround myself with people who have, whose strengths are my weaknesses. Would one of those tests help somebody who is struggling with what to do with my life after 50 to identify some things that they might be able to do or should avoid? Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. It works both ways. Yeah. The DISC report from Maxwell team is a 30 page report and it starts really from you, from the inside. There's some data some graphs that are produced. It talks about what your style is. And then as you move on into the report, it talks about where's your strengths, where's your weaknesses. Here's some things you should consider working on. And really they focus a lot on working on your strengths, not necessarily your weaknesses. Sometimes we focus on weaknesses and we really should be finding people to fill in our strengths. And then as you get further in the report, there's actually a, an action plan that you can complete, some questions you can answer that that I walk people through that kind of help them on their next step. And from there, sometimes people will hire you on as a coach or they may bring you into your company to do some work with the leadership team. But it, I believe it can definitely help people, like you say, over 50 who are trying to search for that and get started on that why journey to figure out who they really are rather than what they are. If people who are familiar with Forward from 50 wanted to take that test, could they contact you? Oh my gosh. What a setup. I love it. <laughs> that didn't even cost me anything. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I'm more than happy. And I, I love to get on the phone or virtual, whatever, face-to-face if they're in central Wisconsin and talk about opportunities. And maybe DISC isn't the route to go, but that's certainly a good first step. And I'd be more than happy to... And I could I can send people a sample report if they want to look at it to see what it's, what it's like before they jump in and, and invest in it. But I think it's an investment. So do you do more speaking or coaching? I do more speaking by far. Yeah. Speaking and training are probably my my top two. The thing I love about speaking is typically you can impact more people at one sitting than maybe in other avenues. So I really enjoy doing that. I've got a little hand bone in me. So I, I love getting up in front of people and, and chatting it up, having those conversations. But yeah, I definitely enjoy speaking. How do you find your clients? A variety of means. What's happening now, which is good, is people who have heard me speak are starting to refer me to other people who are looking for speakers. So that's one one tool. There's a lot of contacts that I have in that regard. I belong to two different speaker organizations. Now, I haven't gotten a lot through them yet, but as I continue to build my resume and my video collection, 
I'm going to start promoting, excuse me, promoting myself more there. I do a lot of posting on LinkedIn and Facebook. If people want to learn more about me there, they can certainly go on and find me on LinkedIn or Facebook too. I do have a website as well. It's just my first name and last name.com where people can learn about me there too. That's pretty good. Have you found that age is a problem for you? Because a lot of people, it's got to be new and young and people like us, we're old and wise. Do people like to get that kind of material? Do you have that automatic trust from people or are they a little skeptical? Can I tell my wife that you said I'm old and wise? I sure. like that. It's got a nice ring to it. I'm 100% certain that there is age discrimination that happens sometimes. That people say, oh, we can't have this guy in because of, but they forget about the value of, ex, of experiences. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think that is so incredible. I've had some great experiences in the workplace. I've had some horrible experiences. In work. I've been fired four times. <laughs> I've had 15 jobs though. So that, that's 25% of the time. But, and in all those cases, I did not burn, I did not burn bridges. But I, I think there is, is some of that to that. So what I, what my hope is that I've got five core values. It's step one on my roadmap. My five core values are optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. And that's what I use to overcome any deficiencies I have in my hair color, in my age, whatever the case might be. I just focus on my core values and I know that I'm not going to get every opportunity. There's a plan out there for me and I'm going to get the right ones and the best ones. I just wrote a blog about gray hair and how it is a sign of glory or a symbol of glory and wisdom and made a notice that for every gray hair you have, it is a symbol of a silly mistake you made in your youth and the wisdom you gained from that. So when we have gray hair, we should be proud of that because we did learn a lot of hard knocks. I've got a lot of wisdom then because they're all pretty much white right now. But that's yeah, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. experience. Is sometimes costly and it shows in your hair. I guess that's a good way to look at it. So what is that five step process and how does it help people develop a roadmap into their mind? Sure, it's yeah five step roadmap for a mind shift. I like mind to shift. call it. People talk a lot about mindset. I like to talk about mind shift because you really need to shift your mind. Just like Maxwell wrote the book Leader Shift, you have to shift your leadership style. So the first and it really focuses on the roadmap focuses on starting from the inside out. So I'll, you know what you first thing to do is put your oxygen mask on first, right? Just like on an airplane, if there's an emergency, you don't help others, you help yourself first. Then you'll have the ability to help others better. Same thing with this mind shift. So we go through a core values exercise where we talk about your core values, what's important to you, what's important to you, your who. Then the next exercise, it's called Wheel of Life. And we look at nine different elements of our lives. It's not as simple as a life-work balance, that teeter-totter that we often talk about. It's much more complicated than that. So we'll go through some exercises related to that. Then we get into the topic of differences make us better and talk about how we're different, yet those differences make us better and how we're the same. The fourth element, there's really not a lot of exercise that I go through, but I challenge people. And the fourth one is your comfort zone. You, have, you need to get out of your comfort zone to be able to move forward. You need to have to be willing to accept failing. I just heard the other day um, a presentation and uh, Kobe Bryant, who's one of the best, if some will argue the best ever, basketball player in the National Basketball Association. And even if you don't know him, that's fine. But Kobe Bryant missed 14,481 shots, an NBA record. He also made probably the same number, but he was willing to take those fails. Just like Edison, they say, failed 10,000 times and inviting the light bulb. So when you break out of your comfort zone, you have to be willing to fail. 
And if we have time, I can tell the Facebook Live story about how I failed dramatically. Then uh, the last step is actually the DISC assessment. So we start working from the inside out. And with that DISC assessment, that can really help you in the workplace as an entrepreneur or in your own business as an entrepreneur. So it really helps evaluate who you are and your strengths. That working as an entrepreneur within a business is a very unique idea that is just probably only a couple of decades old, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, I just heard about it in the last year. That's how <laughs> slow I am to take things up. You're much more well-read than I am. But yeah, it's a, it's I-N-T-R-A. And yeah, it's about how you can still live your passion in your job, in your workplace and carry that out. And it, it is a different, it's a different concept. But I think, again, if people can make that mind shift and think about that, not everybody is right to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody is right to be in the workplace. So you need to find out where you're strongest. And if you're strong in the workplace, then make it a place where you can share your passion, share your who, make progress, make an impact on the company, make an impact on your coworkers, and even going on to making an impact in your community. I would think mind shift is really important for people over 50 because if they're settled on this is the way I've always done it, the world is marching ahead at remarkable speed. So they need to shift their minds in order to stay active and up to date with the way things are. I think, yeah, and I think that the uh, the comfort zone too like plays into that because when you're a little kid, you'll try anything, right? And sometimes as parents, we scream because, no, don't do that. But as you get older, we tend to be more conservative in those things that we like to try and do. And I will tell you, I've gotten more conservative in the physical things that I've tried, certainly. But in terms of the, the things I've tried mentally or with my leadership and culture business, I've tried a lot more things and I've failed in some. I've had trainings that we've had to revamp. I've had speaking engagements where I wasn't rehired again. So that happens. But I, you just really need to know that there's a plan out there for you. And the other thing that was told to me was everybody has a message. And everybody needs to hear your message. Now, your message might not resonate with everybody, but if you res if it resonates with one person, I've had people on my social media when I posted things have said things to me. You helped me get through chemotherapy, and that's holy cow. That's but that's the impact you can have by sharing your message, sharing your passion, sharing with what you believe in and who you are. All right, now we need to hear the Facebook lives. So I'd never done Facebook Live, and the teacher in my speaking class said. All right, you guys have to either go to a comedy club and do a skit or do one on Facebook Live. There's no comedy clubs in central Wisconsin. So I go in our boardroom in my job and I put up a table. I set a chair on top of the table. I set a laptop on top of the chair because I didn't realize you could do Facebook Live on your phone. That's how challenged I was technologically. And this is only a year and a half ago. Partway through as I'm talking about shopping with my mom, she's in her 90s, I hit the cord that was, I had an ear cord from my the old ones, and I bumped it. So I straightened it out, plugged it back in. In the lower left-hand corner of the Facebook screen, people are starting to type in. They couldn't hear. I didn't even know that you could talk to people while they're talking on Facebook Live. So I'm like, I just plowed right through it because I was near the end. I didn't know what to do. So I just plowed through. And then I went back and in the comment section, I typed in the punchline of the Facebook Live. So it was a bit of a disaster and comical. But now I do Facebook Live as as often, not as often as I should, but I can do it anyway. But it, it was quite the failure when I did it the first time. What other challenges has this new endeavor brought to your life? I think the time factor, I talked about that before, the 24-7, 365. 
really figuring out, and I'm getting better at it, thankfully, is working out my time and really scheduling projects in my calendar. It's easy to schedule appointments, right? We schedule this conversation that's in my calendar. But in terms of tasks to get done, using my calendar, scheduling those in so I can really focus on those. Some take longer than you think, some take shorter than you think, but that's been a, a huge challenge for me. And fortunately, like I said, I am, I'm getting better at that, which is critical. If you had to start over, would you do anything differently? Oh my gosh. Like my whole life? No, not your whole <laughs> life. It's business opportunity. I think I would lean on others sooner. I talked about my strengths and weaknesses. My weaknesses, as you can tell, are in technology. So just about a month ago, I hired a virtual assistant through somebody that I knew. So I knew I could count on this person. And she's been doing a lot of work for me that is just, it's time consuming work. And when she gets it done, it's going to be so helpful. She's done a lot of video editing for me. I paid somebody else to put together my website for me. And it was someone that I knew and trusted and helped her and her career. So she gave me a, a great value in terms of what it cost me. It gets back to that focus on your strengths and then find those people to fill in your weaknesses and jump on it as soon as you can. It might take a little bit of investment, but in the long run, it's going to pay off for you quite substantially. What rewards have you enjoyed by doing this? Again, I think it's the impact and the value on people and people coming up to me afterwards or sending me an email or on social media saying how I impacted them. I never thought, I, I did it because I wanted to change things, but I never thought of the personal value that it would bring to people and just the conversations. And like when you and I get together for lunch, I think that's been a great, or anybody else. It's just been a, in terms of relationships and getting to know people and trying to help you. I've helped a lot of college age and younger folks, millennials and Gen Zs, help them in their careers. I'll sit down to lunch for them for an hour and a half and just talk about where do they want to go and what can they do and give them some ideas and thoughts. And it's still up to them to do it, right? But sharing that wisdom, sharing that experience that we talked about before to help others, I, just, I really enjoy doing that. It's so fulfilling. So if you could, if you could state your purpose, like in an elevator speech, what would you say that would be right now? I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. Okay. And then the second piece, if you if it was a long elevator ride, I'd say I'd like to add more value to others than I receive through my faith. Those would be the two mantras. Do you ever see yourself retiring? No, I don't. I, as I alluded to before, it, it'll be it'll be a physical or mental challenge that wouldn't allow me to continue again because of the impact. I'd like to have more control of my time. I'd like to work for two weeks, then take three weeks off and work for five weeks and take a week more control of my time. But I don't see not doing this unless it's taken, taken away from me for those reasons. What are some of the things that are still on your adventure list or your bucket? I want, I want to speak to 17,120 people all at the same time. People say, why that? That's the capacity of the Cole Center in Madison, Wisconsin, where my Wisconsin Badgers play. They hold 17,120. So that's where that random number came from. But I, I'd love to get on a on a big stage and have the opportunity to speak to people. It's it's a great question, Greg, because I'll watch, I go to YouTube and stuff and I've got music that I download and all that and I'll listen to it. And I'll watch these performers in front of thousands in stadiums. And I try to imagine myself up there. And it used to be, I used to think about why would those guys like to perform that same song 300 days, a year. but the energy you get from the crowd, from being up on that stage to, to see that. And a lot of those 
a lot of those musicians are continuing their careers well after 50 as well and still doing quite well. So it's again, it's not an age thing that holds you back. It's your belief system. Are you going to follow in John Maxwell's footsteps and write your own book? I have started. I have written a chapter for another book, someone else's book. I'm in the process, I think, of being selected to write a chapter. So I'm getting there. It's it's it, I'd love to. It's a commitment, but I it's I think it's on the horizon. You you're the consummate writer, right? <laughs> yes. It is so project. Like, it is a hard, hard, difficult process to do, but very rewarding once you get. And you've the, written, I know, at least one book. Have you written more than one or three right now? Oh, listen to me. <laughs> I got to get those other two then. You have enhanced your skills in another area. I understand you started a podcast. Yeah, so this is crazy too. Aaron and I knew each other through the business council, and then when I decided to make the jump, he's a, well, he's not a solopreneur. He's a what do you call a dualpreneur with his wife. So I wanted to sit down and talk to him about what's it all about. So we talked. We had a really good conversation. We talked again. Then we said, you know what? Let's start recording these because we get into some pretty deep stuff, kind of like we are right now. And so we started recording him. Yeah, he said, you know what? We should do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, why not? There's only 5 million other people that are doing a podcast. Let's, But ours will be different. Ours will be the second best. We'll follow Greg. We'll be second best. But yeah, so we're doing it, and it's on company culture. So it's called Cruising company culture. It's not out there yet, so don't go Googling that yet, but I'll let you know and then you can maybe let your listeners know. Sure. So it'll be live here within the next couple of months. Oh yeah. I would say, oh yeah, definitely before the end of the year, we'll have, we'll start sending some, some out recordings out. Yeah. It's fun. It's, and he's, it's like the odd couple. He has dark curly hair. I have straight silver hair. He's a, I guess he would be a millennial probably. I'm a baby boomer. And, but our ultimate goal is company culture and leadership. That's where we have the common thread, and that's that we talk a lot about the challenges in that area. What advice would you give to people over 50 to help them either identify or pursue their passion? I think just do it, right? And whether it's signing up for a minute with Maxwell, it's a daily minute verse by Maxwell, start listening to him. Or whether it's picking up a, a Patrick Lanchoni book or a Greg Gerber book and start reading it and trying to help yourself. Simon Sinek has a couple of great books about why get into your why. Journal about your day. What are you seeing? What are you sensing about your day? Write down what you're grateful for. But you got to write, you got to read, you got to think, you got to do, and you'll it'll come upon. And that's what happened to me. I went to this Live to Lead. Heard John Maxwell. He impacted me. I read his book. Then I went to his certification. I'm not saying that that's what you have to do, because there's a lot of great authors out there. Maybe it's, maybe it's Tony Robbins, or maybe it's Gary whatever Gary's last name is, a swears all the time, or who knows, who knows who the person is that might impact you. But if you sit in your, if you sit in your lazy boy every night and watch the national news and get beat up with all the crap that's going on in the world, I guarantee you'll be, you won't go anywhere and you'll be frustrated. So take act. The biggest gap in life is between what we know and what we do. That's so, right. And that goes to what you were talked about earlier, the mind shift that is essential that if we're not growing in our skills or the things that we're thinking about or that we're doing, we're stagnating. And then pretty soon we're just sitting at home, staring at a computer, being on social media and wondering what's the purpose of my life. Yeah. I used to spend a lot of time on social media doing meaningless stuff. And then I said, you know what, if I take, if I take 10 minutes a day off of social media, off of Facebook, 10 minutes a day, That'll give me two and a half extra days in the year to do whatever I want to do. Maybe it's riding a bike or maybe it's reading, whatever it is. But it doesn't take 
a whole lot. If you need to, if part of your life change needs to be exercise, start exercising five minutes a day. You don't have to become a triathlete the first day, right? It's that persistence and consistence that's going to make you change and start thinking differently. Surround yourself. Who are the five people that are closest to you? Think into that. Who are the five people that impact you the most? And I don't necessarily mean family. It could be anybody. And is that where you want to be? Is that the kind of person you want to be? Or do you want to be like a Greg Gerber who's doing podcasts (laughs) and blogs and writing books and doing all the things? You know, who do you want to surround yourself with to change, change, elevate, elevate the people around you. And that'll elevate who you are. How can you pe- get me so fired up, man? I'm telling you. How can people get in touch with you? You got to know how to spell my last name. So it's, uh, my last name is K-U-C-K-A-H-N. K-U-C-K-A-H-N. First name is Todd. You put that together, put a dot com on the end. That's my website. And like I said, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. My email address is related to basketball. It's called Bucky Buckets, B-U-C-K-Y, B-U-C-K-E-T-S at charter.net. I'm more than answer emails. Now, unless you unless the first thing you do is try to pitch me something. Don't you hate that when you connect with somebody Absolutely. and the first thing they do is send you a three-page letter on how they can you can make seven figures? Or what they can do for you or how you need to buy their product or service. Yes. I promise you, I'm not going to sell you anything. You'll sell yourself on what I do if you think it's valuable. So any of those ways are great ways to call me or stop by. I live in Plover, Wisconsin. Stop by my house <laughs> and get a free meal. And Greg and I will take you to lunch. That's right. There we go. Thank you, Todd. This has been enlightening and I really appreciate your time and the advice. Greg, I, I love hanging with you and I'm looking forward to lunch together many more times and staying connected. It's great to be on this with you. Thanks so much. Todd Kukan has been a wonderful influence on my life for decades. He is one of the most consistently upbeat, forward-thinking people I've ever met. His attitude is contagious, and it's no wonder he is so successful today. But because I've known Todd for so long, I also know that fear worked like a magnet for many years to keep him tied to his comfort zone. Yes, having four daughters to care for was a good reason to pursue the security of a job with benefits for many years. Yet when Todd was closing in on his 60s and his daughters were established in their own lives, He saw an opportunity to spread his wings a bit and pursue something that he had wanted to do for many years. That was to coach people to change their mindsets and jump at opportunities coming their way as long as the opportunities were good fits for them. Before I started Forward From 50, Todd walked me through a DISC assessment, which is a series of multiple choice questions designed to gauge someone's personality, strengths, and weaknesses. The resulting 30-page report, which includes charts and other data, helps to identify endeavors ideally suited to someone's strong points. With that knowledge, Todd then guides people into creating a wheel of life that focuses on nine key elements, career, finances, health, family, friends, romance, personal development, recreation, and their contribution to society. Todd often teaches people who are still working, but who feel unfulfilled in their jobs, to become entrepreneurs for their companies. They do that by finding something they are truly passionate about and applying their unique skills and knowledge at whatever organization they work. But Todd can also help people over 50 who are looking to make drastic life changes to pursue things they have dreamed of doing for many years. Perhaps you felt trapped in a situation, or worse, feel you don't have what it takes to be successful. Either way, Todd can help guide you toward taking the all-important first step to a better life connect with Todd, visit www.toddkukan.com. That's T-O-D-D-K-
K-U-C-K-K-A-H-N.com or look for him on LinkedIn or Facebook. You'll be glad you did. That's all I have for this week's show. If you'd like help in identifying a purpose for your life or to get help planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming session to members of the Forward from 50 Facebook community. For details, connect with me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes. 